0: The views expressed on this podcast are those of the participants, not of Rogers News. But I, I think that the prevailing direction in yields until further notice is is to the upside. So I am in the camp of not expecting a return to uh, this, you know, the fine old days of yields beginning with, with with one or two, I think those days are ended. Welcome
1: to The Exchange, I'm Francesco Guerrera, Global Economics Editor at Reuters Breaking Views. Today I'm chatting to Jim Grant, founder of Grant's Interest Rate Observer, about the risk of the global economy and financial system. He explains why the booming private credit market could come under pressure from higher interest rates, why we may be looking at a long bear market in bonds, and how central banks need to retool themselves for the modern age. So Jim, thanks very much for being with us.
0: Well, you are entirely welcome, Francesco.
1: Um, I want to start from um, something you've written about recently, which is the dangers of private credit. Um, and I just want to give also our listeners a, a sample of your of your prose, which is you know not only perspe- perspe- perceptive but also unique in in on Wall Street. And that is a very well written, uh, well written articles. So you write in um, one of the edition one of the latest editions of the magazine. You write, private credit is part innovation and part symptom. It is a symptom of the speculative and debt-encumbered times. It is an innovation in the sense that, by design, its assets and liabilities are alike illiquid. So let's start from that. I mean, why are you so worried about private credit and and what worries you about it?
0: Um, Francesco, I think the way to begin is by um, observing that in the dozen or so years uh, past, um, uh, interest rates were... Um, you know, under the thumb of our central bankers, and uh, uh, were as often as not closer to zero than to any sort of respectable positive number. So the era of um, proverbially free money um, conditioned uh, behavior on, uh, among investors. It it uh, it led people to do things they might not have done. Um, in a regime of conventionally positive rates, uh, not only positive in real terms but positive in nominal terms, we we had neither uh, for most of those dozen years. So, um, uh, so with that backdrop, one can conjecture uh, that uh, there was a certain uh, misallocation of capital. Misallocation being defined in you know, in retrospect, we can see with with yeah. bankruptcies give away the fact that it was not. Um, allocated uh, wisely mm-hmm. and uh, so a certain amount of misallocation and a certain amount of of leverage that uh, uh that uh, uh uniquely low interest rates facilitated indeed uh, encouraged so that's that is the uh the backstory so in in that particular sense uh, where rates have been is just as important as where rates are and indeed where rates are going. So um so we live in a in a time of high leverage and uh, because we do uh, there is a uh, prevailing level of uh, financial fragility uh, mm-hmm. that we have become uh, used to uh, because we have all become accustomed to uh, very low rates and um, and not only I'm uh, not only talking about the uh, uh, the prior you know, since 2009 or 10 or so, but but you know going back to 1981, interest rates, bond yields. Uh, spent those 40 years, 1981 to about 2021, uh, uh, persistently declining, not yeah. continuously, but persist. So, so we as a financial community, we, this generation, indeed the past two generations, have been acclimated uh, to falling rates and the expectation of lower rates. And therefore, uh, we have become accustomed to very high leverage and become, uh, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's uh, a nice way to make money okay so that's 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 the backstory now as to the present um, or near present um, uh, the financial regulatory authorities um, uh, liking their work and wanting to remain employed in it hustled and hurried to close barn doors after uh, the horses of 2008 and uh, 2009 trotted merrily away so um, uh, uh, the past uh, uh, cycle has been one of increasing um, uh, 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 not exactly austerity but uh, 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 has been one of 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 persistent cinching down of regulations pertaining to uh, uh, to bank credit and the risks that bankers might bear and the, indeed the taxpayers behind those bankers might bear. So um, bankers have been discouraged or prohibited from lending uh, against uh, um, capital structures, leverage, I forget I'll so call it, uh, it's a ratio of debt to EBITDA, that's earnings before interest, taxes, depreciation, and amortization of, I don't know, six or seven or eight times, I forgot what the... What this yeah. threshold is, but um, so banks have been um, uh, uh, encouraged to stop doing what they had been profitably doing, which is lending to companies that are going through a so-called private equity transaction. It used to be called leverage buyouts. Um, uh, oh, okay. It's nicer so like that. Isn't? Private
1: equity is nicer yeah, than leverage buyouts.
0: Sounds yeah. much better, doesn't it? Much better. <laughs> it it rings unto solvency almost. <laughs> so, um, uh, so. Um, so that so the the forced exit of banks from a certain kind of leverage transaction opened the door for what we now know as private credit. Private credit is a is one of these terms that is not exactly helpful because um, as uh, one of the private credit um, uh, 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 investors uh, said uh, a little impatiently, everything is private credit in a bank balance sheet. Indeed, uh, some private credit people define that market as $40 trillion. That would include all asset-backed securities, all bank loans. So wh- what we really mean by private credit is, is, is lending mm-hmm. to uh, leveraged, meaning encumbered firms, many of them on the small side, um, on a senior-secured basis, Um, at a floating rate of interest. That's kind of what we're talking about. And that portion of the market stands at about uh, $1.5 trillion or $1.75 trillion, depending on how you define it. So what makes it potentially dangerous? Well, um, this uh, market, uh, the uh, leveraged lending market to these smallish companies, leveraged smallish companies, it's grown by um, about uh, uh, twofold. In the past five years, is according to Standard and Poors, mm-hmm. and um, uh, and and the companies that are doing the borrowing, um, you know, are, are the small. Perhaps they're dynamic. Perhaps they are the the blue chips of tomorrow. But as for today, uh, they are necessarily somewhat precarious because um, uh, smaller companies uh, have proven that they are less. Um, uh, they uh, they bring less strength uh, to troubled times. So uh, uh, the smaller companies are 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 candidates for bankruptcy in a steep recession, whereas a larger company might have the the uh, uh, financial capacity to to roll to ride out the troubles. So th- so the, the borrowers are small, the leverage is high, the growth is quite brisk, and the competition to lend is quite intense and those factors alone um, or constitute uh, uh, amber lights in credit. What you don't want to see is fast growth and, uh, and uh, highly motivated lending. Uh, what you want to see is deliberate uh, lending and moderate growth that, that
1: speaks yeah. prudence. I, defenders of this model would say, well, at least it's not systemic, by which I mean if if the risk is concentrated in private institutions that are not holding customer deposits, uh, even if they lose their shirts, um, so be it. You know, kind of life in the big city. Do, do you do you agree with that?
0: I think there's something to that. Um, there was a, a kind of a, um, an edgy and um, therefore um, amusing exchange between. Um, uh, one of the top people at Apollo named Mark mm-hmm. Rowan, who is yeah. in this business, and um, UBS chairman, uh, Colm Kelleher. And uh, Colm Kelleher, uh, in, in late fall of last year, he just said that the next financial crisis is going to um, stem from um, so-called shadow banking meaning uh, unregulated uh, lenders such as business development companies and other vendors of uh, private credit that's that was the opinion of the uh, chairman of UBS which of course is a bank and uh, Mark Rowan which runs Apollo who runs Apollo helps run Apollo and uh, which is not a bank uh, replied that um, uh, that uh, observe he said that banks um, have uh, like ten percent uh, capital to assets, meaning they are levered 10 to 1. Yep. And said Mark Rowan, anytime an asset moves off a bank balance sheet onto a so called private credit balance sheet, that means the system is that much safer because private, you know, business development companies are leveraged perhaps one and a half times to one rather than 10 times to one. So that point is well taken. I think that. Um, It's not, however, a a clinching final dispositive Mm -hmm. argument because there are still some, I think, uh, 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 real substantive concerns about um, uh, what is happening in private credit Mm -hmm. uh, quite apart from just the face amount of leverage and the respective regulated and unregulated sides of the lending business.
1: And I mean, you talked about Regulators uh, shutting uh, the barn door long after the horses bolted. But uh, is there something that they can do now to shut it before they bolt this time in power credit? Is there something they should do more to regulate
0: it? Oh, you know, I'm of I'm of two minds on this. I I understand that uh, uh, that sometimes regulation can uh, uh, I guess can be helpful, but observe all the things that have happened under a regime of regulated bank lending, and the okay. regulators were, you, know, some, you, know, you what many people don't realize is that regulators actually um, go to work inside of the institutions they regulate. You walk around the uh, lobby of Goldman Sachs in New York City, and you're not sure if the people you encounter are employees of the firm or employees of the United States government.
1: You can tell they from are, the suits. You
0: can tell from the suits, Jim. <laughs> You can really tell. Yeah, well, yeah, the government guys are better dressed. Um,
1: <laughs> How do you mean it like that? The, okay, the, yeah. The, but yeah, no, you, you, sorry, your uh, point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you, you, so the, it's
0: like uh, it's like the Marine Corps detachments and U.S. embassies overseas. You know, you're not sure who you're not sure who is running the thing. Um, <laughs> so, the, so the government has actually physically moved in to these banks. Uh, however, despite that close proximity, they're kind of at the elbows of the bankers uh, saying, uh, or at least uh, we can imagine them saying, are you sure you want to make that loan? <laughs> like, uh, like, uh, you know, angels on your shoulder saying, I, 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 is that what you want to do? Um, but, um, observe that, uh, despite this, we had the, uh, um, uh, the unseemly failure of three, uh, rather large regional banks in March of last year, um, because the Federal Reserve itself having suppressed interest rates uh, and then having raised them at a rate of rise uh, not previously seen, certainly not in modern times. Uh, so, the, so the bond prices uh, went down as rates went up and these three large-ish regional banks were caught short. Yep. Uh, their, their bond portfolio was heavily underwater. So, so that was a regulated um, financial moment. so the the regulators can can i guess be helpful but i'm not sure that more regular regulation is going to uh um, is going to uh, be the answer in fact i'm Mm -hmm. quite sure more regulation would not be the answer you know uh, francesco in times past um, this is going back to Mm -hmm. pre-1935 the stockholders Mm -hmm. of a nationally chartered bank in the united states were themselves at risk of a capital call in the event of impairment, the impairment or insolvency of the bank in which they held a fractional interest. Mm-hmm. So that's the kind of regulation um, uh, that I think uh, we should, might, might want to revisit. But the uh, the kind of regulation that no, I don't think contemporary regulation um, is really the answer. Yeah,
1: yeah, understood. And you mentioned it, the Fed and interest rates and the suppression of interest rates, and now and then the the sharp increase upwards. Uh, if you look forward, I mean, and you look at what bond prices are doing now and bond deals are doing now, what do you think the bond markets are pricing now? I mean, do they understand where rates are going to go? Are they assuming that they're going to go back to the levels we've seen before and therefore being too complacent, perhaps?
0: Well, you know, I, I, again, getting back to this uh, 40-year bond bull market, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it, it began in 1981 with the long-dated U.S. Treasury at 15%. That was the, in retrospect, we can see that was the beginning of the uh, of the good times. So that was that was the low in price of the low in prices. Uh, sorry, the low in bond prices and the high in yields, yeah. October or September 1981. Okay, so um, 40 years later, uh, we all uh, watched this mm-hmm. incredulously the spectacle. Of something like 15 or 16 trillion dollars worth of fixed income securities worldwide being priced to yield on nominal terms nothing or less than nothing yeah so that's that is quite a as they say quite a journey over 40 years so 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 um uh uh what I believe is that, uh, starting in about the summer of 19, uh, 19, uh, two, sorry, two thousand twenty-one, uh, uh, the world mm-hmm. embarked on a new bond bear market, yeah. and the uh, uh, the uh, tendency, uh, or the historical record in bonds, is that these uh, is that uh, uh, the cycles of rising and falling rates uh, tend to span generation length uh, intervals so the, the 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 final quarter century of the 19 fi, 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 mm-hmm. the, the final quarter um uh, century of the 19th century uh, brought us uh, falling rates uh, the first 20 or so years of the 20th century rising ones and there was a period of falling ones It took us to 1946 and from 1946 to 81 as mentioned rising rates there was a 35 year i guess 35 year bond um uh Uh, Bear market, and um, and then we we you know we followed that with 40 years down. So these these cycles have tended to be, as opposed to the, I'm not saying they must be, but they have tended to be, very very long term things. You know, Mm -hmm. and uh, a person can get used to them. Um, so maybe, just maybe, this is uh, the opening innings of a major bond bear market, which is not to say that yields are going to go up every single week. On the contrary, they are uh, bounce around. Uh, but I, I think that the prevailing direction in yields until further notice is, is to the upside. So I am in the camp of not expecting a return to uh, this, you know, the fine old days of yields beginning with with, with one or two, I think those days are ended. Mm.
1: And do you think that the, there's a lot of talk about the fiscal stance of the US, the United States, and its growing debt pile? Is that going to play a part in that? Or, I mean, wh- how does that feature? Oh, yes, yes, you know, yeah,
0: yeah. There's a, it uh, features, I think, uh, conspicuously. Although, mm. um, uh, I, um, uh, Francesco, I am a. Uh, a, a kind of a scold about uh, uh, such things. You know, I, um, Grant's interest rate observer is um, is uh, a gold-buggish, uh, Hamiltonian, um, fiscally prudent kind of, um, I, I wear a suit to the office and uh, bow ties. So, so that gives you a sense of our uh, monetary and fiscal uh, preferences. But uh, um, I am, uh, I think it's incumbent upon me to point out uh, that during the Reagan years, this is 1980s, mm-hmm. um, uh, the public debt tripled, yeah. and yields were sawed in half. So the so the um, uh, fortunately or unfortunately in our line of work there are no hard and fast rules. You know, they, um, it's not always true that fiscal profligacy uh, means trouble in the bond market. Um, sometimes uh, in bull markets, supply greater supply is just fine. the market wants more and more of it, so sometimes you know we, we, we who are in charge of of setting the narrative or at least uh, hoping to you know we we, um, uh, we attribute cause and effect um, rather promiscuously and uh, and it 's not uh, it 's not quite so clear where cause and effect usually lies. Um, with all that, by way of preface, um, mm-hmm. in a bear market, uh, what people really don't want is more of the thing that's depreciating in value, and I think, underscore think, that's where we are now. That uh, uh, that um, um, you know we, we're running, we in this country, my country, United States, are running like a six percent deficit to GDP, six percentage points of deficit of GDP right. are in deficit of the treasury deficit at a time of uh, unemployment below four percent and uh, you know it's yep. uh, it's pretty it's historically it's quite remarkable and i'm not sure it's bullish i dare say it is not bullish for bonds
1: yeah um i want to conclude because unfortunately we don't have that much time, but I want to conclude a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm curious, you touched upon this, but I'm curious to your thoughts about the future of the global banking system. There was obviously a big uh, moment, a uh, watershed moment in the financial crisis. Since then, you mentioned the regulations. Uh, we've had some bank failures since then, including obviously Credit Suisse and the and the regional banks in the U.S. What I mean, what 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 will a bank? What what does a bank now look like? What what it should should it do, and and what should it not do, and and what should the, its investors and customers expect from it?
0: Yeah, well, I'm reminded of a of a, of a, of a, of a, of a wry remark from a, a a Nordic banker whose name I cannot recall, alas. Uh, But um, I will recall him um, by his wisdom and his wit. And what he said, this is about 2010 or 11 or 12, when regulations were beginning to be piled on. He said uh, Mm -hmm. plaintively, he said, the purpose of banking can't be just to prevent banks from failing. (laughs) Oh, yes, it can. (laughs) <laughs> yes it can so i so you ask what the future of banking is which is a, um uh you ask a very cunningly wide open question uh to which i will contribute a mite of an answer and that mite of an answer is that uh, i think we are looking at a um uh, uh an industry that is increasingly treated as a public utility that is a, a kind of a cartelized governmentally managed um uh, 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 you know, armor plated through over-regulation. Mm. Um, uh, so I, I'm not, I'm not sure that it presents a great investment opportunity, uh, structured as it is now. Of course, everything, uh, can be appealing at a price or unappealing at a price. But yeah. I don't, I don't, uh, uh yeah. I'm not, um, sure I'm not sure this is the, the growth world. This is the growth segment, sector for, for the world.
1: That makes sense. And, and my final question is a similar question about on central banks. What have we learned from about them from the last inflationary episode and the way they behaved, the way they responded, the way they talked about it? Do do they need to change going forward, or they've you consider they've done a good job considering right. the difficulties that they had?
0: Well, I will um, here quote somebody whose name I do recall. His name was William Goldman. He was a screenwriter. Um, I, think he, I think the word was. But anyway, if, if, if he's still around, I apologize. William Goldman, screenwriter, um, Hollywood screenwriter, and um, uh, G- Goldman was exasperated by the uh, uh, the inability of the, uh, of the of the of the of the, uh, of the movie companies, of the production companies, to have any idea uh, whether a certain production. Would be a financial success or a flop, and he said. Finally, he threw up his hands. you know, nobody knows anything, and that that is my reckoning of the state of knowledge and judgment on the part of the central banks. they the They're in the, they made themselves. To be in the future, it's the business of anticipating the future and improving that future before it can come to pass. That's that's the job they ha- they have arrogated to themselves, and of course they can't do it because um, we are equally, all of us, equally ignorant in the face of the future. Um, so I I think that the art of central banking has been in about a century long decline, mm-hmm. and. Um, uh, we have uh, uh, devolved from the gold standard to the Ph.D. standard, The Ph.D. standard being um, the system of improvisational management by former tenured academic, uh, economic faculty. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, I am, Francesco, I am not bullish. About the future of central (laughs) banking, I (laughs) I got—I gathered that much. Yes, (laughs) it needs—it needs needs a bottom to top and top to bottom rethink. So Mm -hmm. I I trust that uh, Reuters will will uh, pick up this uh, project uh, for the. uh, re-engineering of our monetary institutions. It would be a great help to grants. We need a little bit of help in this, Francesco. We are, kind of
1: we will be side by side with you. I'll start as soon as we stop here, Jim. Uh, (laughs) This is a a wonderful way to end by thanking you for being with us and for giving us so many insights. So thank you so much, Jim.
0: It is my pleasure. Thank you, Francesco.
1: Thank you so much. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast was produced by Oliver Tashlish in London, Subscribe to The Exchange and assist the podcast, The Views Room, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or whenever you like to listen. Catch up with more of our views at breakingviews.com or on the X social media site, where our handle is at breakingviews. I'm Kim Vanell. Join me every morning for a roundup of what's happening at home and around the world. From the front line in Ukraine. Extraordinary how these people adjust and uh, even laugh when you take cover.
0: To the heart of US politics. When Trump said that he expected to be arrested, it seems like he
1: was trying to get ahead of the story. We bring you everything you need to know in 10 minutes. For your essential daily briefing, follow Reuters World News wherever you get your podcasts.